millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome back to Bretton Cliffs Flea Circus. My name is Cliff. Hello, and I'm Brett. Can I just ask, is your hair in a ponytail today? <laughs> yeah, I do it for the ladies. But the front of your hair looks uh-huh. a little bit like you've gone, I'll try and be a bit like Steven Seagal tonight. <laughs> well, I think that's the weight problem that I'm currently suffering from. No, that makes us look like Steven Seagal. No, it's the hair. Is it because I keep breaking people's arms? Yeah, and the Kung Fu. I was going to say, if you like already, you've done a few chops. We've already been on 30 seconds. Uh, I like I like a good chop. I've talked about that before. It's not used enough, is it, the chop? No, no. Uh, but I, while we're on the topic of chops, sausages, are they mm-hmm. the best food? Discuss. In existence. Oh, yeah, I would food say... that doesn't exist because that's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, want, I also want to include... Food that doesn't exist. Okay. Fan- well, fantasy well, food, like on uh, <laughs> on Star Trek or Star Wars or whatever. I would say that at the top of the list for poss- one of the greatest food uh-huh. types. What I think, would you put think, in it around it? What's in it around it for you, Brett? Well, I, I think top of the list is beef burgers. Okay, sure. the burgers, yeah. The burgers <laughs> are the, my favourite, uh-huh. my personal favourite. Okay. Uh, then I'd maybe go sausages second. Okay. Can I just check? <laughs> in any form. In any form? As long as it's a popcorn chicken? Because I had that before and that's awful. Not that I think it's made of popcorn. I, don't, I, I also don't think you need to have chicken served in one of those cartons. I mean, I like the, you know, on a, an American film, I like the look of Chinese that they get in those cartons. Everybody does. Have you ever yeah. had it? No. Nah. I have, but you get it and you're like, well, this isn't, this doesn't live up to the hype. <laughs> <laughs> it's like them brown paper bag grocery bags that they, they always have. Uh, and also the brown paper bags you drink alcohol out of. Yes. Uh, which, uh-huh. Again, I can tell you, it's not a pleasant experience when you try it. <laughs> Well, it just goes through the bottom, doesn't it? It gets all soggy. (laughs) I don't think you're supposed to pour it in, mate. (laughs) But there you go. Why why are you asking about the sausages? Um, Well, unravel this. I've just had some mints, and I thought, I'll ask Brett if he likes sausages best. Have you uh, have you heard out from the birds? No, I think uh, they've they've gone. Um, Well, uh, well, I'll stop you there, Cliff, because I have. What, what's happened? I've, I've, re- I've received a letter from them. Oh, have you? Would you okay. like us to, I have. Go on. Would you like us to read it out? I uh-huh, have, because I was quite sad they left without saying anything. 
still well, had, uh, to perhaps. be honest, they still had the bill to settle, which is I'm quite looking forward to seeing. And they're being there numerous times, so you can you can charge them numerous times, can't you? But perhaps this will explain the reasons that the birds have left you. Okay. Who knows? I haven't read it yet. Okay, obviously. right. Well, all right then. Dear Cliff, uh-huh. we thank you for your kindness and your nest building abilities. However, we, the winged ones, will not be returning, and this is why. Your behaviour has become a great concern amongst us. Your treatment of the horn of Hishram was inexcusable. Plus, why do you spend so much time in the bathroom? Now that you have smoked deeply from the pipe of dreams, hopefully you will start making changes. P.S. The other people in the house were fine. Oh, so no, just, just on me, is it? <laughs> it's just on you. Uh, you know. So what do you say to that? Well, I, I mean, I didn't realise it felt that way. Obviously, I would have... Uh, if I'd known, oh. if I'd known when it was going on that they were feeling like that, as in companies, yeah. you know. I tell you what, Brett. So I, I've it. got what I like to call an open-door policy. But, I mean, obviously... <laughs> The door, the actual door, was firmly shut. Never opened. No way. I, I actually want them in the house. But if they had, a, you know, signalled to us through the window, uh-huh. I might, I would have come out and, and found out what was going on. You um, see, I think, I think your behaviour has just made you unapproachable to these these birds. That's what I think. Well, <laughs> especially uh, your behaviour with the horn of Hishram. Well, you know what, the horn of Hishram. I I thought that that was to be used for for pleasure <laughs> apparently not apparently it's a sacred ornament that you're not supposed to fiddle with or play with in any way well why so has it got go. why has it got those others on then <laughs> well that's that's the temptation isn't it that's what it is it's there to tempt you uh, and I you mean, fell into temptation I know. i've been here before with the uh remember the, the bells of sakrama Yes, and the magical uh, flute of Kuntata as well. Yeah, I mean, that was the biggest mistake I've ever made, I think. That, that was. With that. Anyway. <laughs> well, okay. okay, well, okay. I don't know if you're going to reply to the birds. I've got, they didn't give us a forwarding address. Okay. Possibly because they're in flight and they don't know where they're going to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's oh, a possibility. Well. I know. It doesn't matter. Did on Friday, on Friday, I watched Top of the Pops because, like, it's the greatest program ever, isn't it? So I was watching mm. that on Friday apart when, from, uh, apart from all the pedophiles that presented, but <laughs> <laughs> apart from that, yeah, uh, I mean the music's good unless there's a pedophile singer on, obviously. But we're not into that. Do they cut them the out? Maybe they might. You know, I never know. Jackson but, uh, on it. <laughs> he wasn't actually. It was 1991, I think, um, this time. And I always watch it when I'm I'm having me curry with the family. Okay. And Ice Ice Baby was number two. I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before, because uh, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm repeating myself, I could be wrong. But it was knocked off the number one uh, spot by Iron Maidens, Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter. Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I never watch it. Everybody's always talking about it on the Twitter and that about who's on, but I, I never watch it. It's good. It's Who good else to see is the, uh, the old bands? Is it um, like the one where you get Mark Radcliffe sarcastically talking over the top, or is it like? Just... No, it's not that one. That's Top of the Pops too. I think that one, okay. isn't it? 
where you get him talking over the, the top and the little facts at the bottom. Yeah. It's not that one. It's actual reruns of, of all, all right, top so of the just pops. To, All right, so it's just an actual old episode. Yeah. So, like, it, it runs sort of at the, at the moment. It's 1991. So it used to be on a Thursday, didn't it, Top of the Pops? It used to be on a Friday. <laughs> but, like, so next week I'll find out, or not even next week, this Friday I'll find out if Iron Maiden or clinging to that number one spot. Okay. I very much doubt it. I doubt it. I think it was probably a one week uh, number one, that one. I think so. I think so as well. Quite a surprising one, though. Is, uh... I think Ice Ice Baby might come back. Remember when that used to happen? Yeah, I mean, that stopped happening in the 90s, didn't it? Like, you just went in oh, and right. then never appeared again. Like, songs yeah. used to go in and then get gradually uh-huh. higher. And then at one point, it was just like, go in, that's as high as you're yeah. ever going to get. So forget it. Start writing mm-hmm. your next song. Um, yeah. What about uh, when it gets to like ninety four or whatever? That'll be like ones we used to watch ninety three, ninety four. Uh huh. Well, I used to, I used to watch Top of the Pops every single week, so I remember watching this particular one. Okay. Oh, one one of the entries was uh, Gaza was in there, fog not with the Fog on the Tide. Oh no, oh the follow up to Fog on the Tide, oh, Jody Rap, <laughs> <laughs> which you're gonna have to dig out. I think <laughs> oh, well, that's obviously going to be fantastic. Sucking sickly sausage rolls. I would uh, like to see him perform it now. I think. <laughs> yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? I think it would be, would be ho- horrendous and upsetting. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Gaza and Lindisfarne. What a yeah. what a mix. What a mix. <laughs> You know, you like Gaza and Lindisfarne, did they were they like playing it and him singing, or did he just record over their old song? Like, were they actually think... involved in this version of it? <laughs> they were in the sure video, I think. Were they? I know. I think they were in the video. I'm sure they were. But yeah, I think that's. What do you make of that, uh, What do you make of Lindisfarne? Not much of them, to be honest. I've always been told because they're like. From the northeast in there. Mm. Oh, you should listen to Lindisfarne and stuff. I think I, I like one of their songs, and I can't remember what it's called. It's Is certainly it not Meet local me on the hero. Corner one. I like that one. And maybe That's it might good. be that one. Uh-huh. Yeah, that so I think fella, Alan Hull, the songwriter, is meant to be superb, isn't he? But I think it's like yeah. it's just it's just that song overshadows everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think he was. He did that Sunday for Sammy thing a lot, didn't he? Yeah, I don't I like all the beards and that. You know what I mean? You don't like the beards? I'm not keen on that look. They're getting the soup, don't they? They're getting the soup. <laughs> <laughs> what were we well, here to talk about? We're, we're here to talk about one of the greatest bands ever in a film, which I was initially rather shocked to realise that they were actually in a film. Um, okay. It was it was a while back. I was watching something um, that Mark Kermode did, and it was like um, musicals or something like that. It was like the mm-hmm. best musicals, and like this. And then Slade came on. Okay, Slade in a film. You never heard I of it. I just before. couldn't believe it. I hadn't heard of it before. Okay. Obviously, you have, have you? Yeah, yeah, and uh, but I've never seen it, so it's one of those things. Like I like Slade. I'm not a super fan or anything. I like them. Um, so we've already going to have. Please, me dad, and upset him because he's a big Slade fan. But uh, he, hate, he hates Mark Kermode. So, <laughs> who's to, uh, to say how he'll feel about this episode? Uh, apparently, this is Mark Kermode's favorite musical. Why anybody's yeah. got a favorite musical, I do not know. But anyway, well, he's, a, he's a film critic, you know. I suppose maybe he's got, maybe he's got, got to have one. one when there's lists, yeah. when he's getting interviewed. Uh-huh. 
it's one of those that's classed as this really superior, gritty music films that kind of tells a warts and all kind of story about what it's like to be in the music business in the late 60s, early 70s, but mm-hmm. Star and Slade. Like it's, uh, I, I, it's always been like critically acclaimed, but mm-hmm. I had never really tried to watch it and I didn't know much about it, what it was about beyond that, really. Um, mm-hmm. But having since watched it and read about it, obviously I know a bit more now. <laughs> know a bit more now, like. But it, there must have been a, an awful lot of like these type of films. I, I mean, after Hard Day's Night and stuff like that. Yeah, I there think there was. I think there were attempts to, anytime a band was famous, to yeah. try to find a film to put them in because the Beatles were successful at it. And there was mm-hmm. also a lot of films in the late 60s, early 70s that were these kind of counterculture films where there was inevitably a scene in a, in a bar or a club or a house mm-hmm. party where a band was needed. So you'd, there was yeah. these kind of two avenues for bands to be in films, some more like uh-huh. kind of jukebox musical type and some, some more just films that they happened to be in and played music. Um, and I think, you know, there was this that'll be the day and stardust with uh, mm-hmm. david essex and ringo um uh, the one with stuff. glitter in i haven't is seen it if there is i know <laughs> i'm sure that has been completely erased now <laughs> if, if um, it does exist so yeah i'd heard about it but never seen it but kind of knew like you say there was there was a lot of them and this is meant to be a really good one i think people mm-hmm. also compare it to uh, or compare Spinal Tap to this, like this is a kind of influence on that, but obviously they play yeah. for laughs as well. Um, uh-huh. I think, I think it's good. I really enjoyed it. I think Slade uh-huh. are good in it. I think the music's good. I, I understand why people at the time didn't like it and why it made Slade not very popular anymore. <laughs> I understand <laughs> all of those things, but I enjoyed yeah. it. And obviously, we have hindsight now. I think mm-hmm. people who only know Slade from their Christmas song. And that Leo, couple of big hits would be surprised um, uh-huh. about what what they're like in it and what the film's like. Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's it's very very brave of them to to make this film. That's what I think. Because reading on it and stuff like that, they didn't want to do a hard day's night. They didn't want to do anything like that. They want to do something that's more gritty and, and sort of more, more that that sort of represents the music business as as they kind of found it coming up. Yeah. and it, it definitely does that. But at the same time, because of that, it's alienated like the like you were, were saying there. It's alienated like the, the fans because they're expecting just to see Slade, who dress up, you know, in this yeah. glam rocks. Well, I think they were a fun band, and right? That was, like that. That. That was and a happy go lucky band, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh-huh. And the, the tunes are like that as well, aren't they? I mean, if a Slade song comes on the pub, you, I, I love it, mate. I love yeah, Slade stuff. It- but they do also have ballads that are quite, you know, that. Yeah. There, there, I mean, there is two more. Two of them are in this. this yeah, ball, yeah. There is more two to Slade than just those kind of big, like, glam Definitely. rock stompers. But that certainly isn't what they're most known for. But it's yeah. probably worth saying at the time, the early 70s, after the Beatles, Slade were the biggest, the biggest yeah, yeah. selling British band. They had, like, mm-hmm. Number one and smash sold more it singles than smash it. anybody else, didn't they? Yeah, so yeah, they were sold huge. more than they Bowie. Were absolutely and... huge. Yeah. Uh-huh. So this film is called Slade in Flame, and it came out in 1975. It was made in 1974, kind of when Slade were at the peak, like like we say, huge 
Up until mm-hmm. 1973, they were absolutely massive. They took 1974 off to make this film, which came out in 75. And yeah, it was kind of, people were confused by it because it's not this happy-go-lucky, like, way sing-along slid. It is huh. quite a... It's a really gritty, of, I think. A tale of them getting, or how bands kind of get screwed over uh-huh. in the music industry and how they can end up falling out and bickering with each other and the magic kind of disappears. Um, yeah. So because of that, and because it was gritty and not upbeat, and it doesn't mm-hmm. end like doesn't end on a happy note or anything. Um, no. And also, I know the band or Dave Hill certainly said that they feel like the momentum was lost because they were on such a crest of a wave, and then stopped touring, stopped recording. Yeah. Until this uh-huh. came out, uh, that yeah. Then their career never really recovered after it until uh-huh. Christmas. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's exactly what he said. It kind of took a year out to do this and weren't writing songs or recording or whatever like that. Unlike the Beatles, who would have been doing everything at the same yeah, time. Doing wasn't at they? the same time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it didn't affect the Beatles, but it did with, with, uh, with Slade and stuff like that. And then the, a couple of the singles that are on this, this film... Um, didn't do very well. And the other ones that they had previously would just go straight to number one or yep. number two, or whatever. So yeah, it definitely affected them. And then after that, they went to America and stuff, tried to break America, didn't they? So yeah, yeah. But, but uh, what about Slade then? In outside of this film, in general, yeah, I love Slade. I absolutely love Slade. Um, again, I'm a like you said, I'm a massive fan. I would say I'm a big fan. Uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, about two or three weeks ago, I listened to um, the greatest hits or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, very recently. So I will listen to this stuff. I just think that that, that uh, the songs and stuff like that, just like we said before, just happy go lucky songs type thing and make exactly. you feel good. All right. Make you feel good. And make you feel. And Merry Christmas, everybody's my favorite, favorite ever Christmas song. Right. Okay. So <laughs> I'll just love it. But uh, but yeah, I, I I love them. Put it this way, I would definitely wear a Slade T-shirt. Okay, well, no higher praise needed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I might I might go looking on eBay for a, a Slade T-shirt after this. So you're a big fan. Um, I think you know anybody would get a greatest hits and like pretty much, like every song's an absolute banger on there. Um, I've got a couple of their albums, including this one, and uh, yeah, they're good, but. They're not albums that I go back to and listen to like that often. Mm-hmm. Um, so the hits, I think, are something that you would never turn off and you know put them on a jukebox, yeah. like you say. But a bit um, like the Who that we're talking about, the Who with Quadrophenia and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, the greatest hits are excellent, good yeah. singles band, yeah. really good singles band. Yeah. Um, but the albums would I go out and sort of is there a Sergeant Pepper or a Revolver? No. Yeah. Is the yeah. answer. Um. So yeah, I like them, and I think uh, what struck me in this film is how how good they are, or certainly how good Noddy Holder is, isn't it? I think he's excellent. Yes. He's absolutely yeah, he superb. Is. He plays a uh-huh. great like you know he's a very like in your face frontman, and he does mm-hmm. this great like line between straddling that and actually just being a bloke off the stage and being a bit of a dick sometimes and just uh-huh. want to get on with his own life sometimes but then when he's on stage and he's look after kind his of, pigeons yeah when he's on stage <laughs> he's this kind of big uh 
you know, he's right in your face and he's play, he's stomping around, he's playing this in your face guitar solos and stuff like that. The same with yeah. Dave Hill. But I think Noddy Holder, in terms of the band's acting, he's really good. You can see why mm-hmm. he got the role in there, the 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 Grimleys. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen the Grimleys. I don't think I've ever seen it. I mean, it's supposed to be good. The Grimleys. Yeah. Holder. Uh huh. Mr. Brian Connolly. Amanda Holden. <laughs> what more do you need to know? I do, well, Amanda Holden's in it. That's why I haven't watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I saw a clip the day of it when I was doing a bit with an Alvin Stardust was at the barman, no? Yeah. And he had his leather leathers on, his leather gloves and everything. Alvin Stardust, so, was he not also the barman in Hollyoaks when Hollyoaks started? <laughs> was he? I think so. And he was the barman in Crossroads. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's more of a barman than he is a singer. <laughs> Maybe, yes. <laughs> you're out of your tiny little mind. That's <laughs> what you are. You're out of your <laughs> tiny little mind. He has a touch of the John Lennon about him and his uh, performance and his demeanour, I think. He's that yeah. character that's a bit snarky, a bit sarcastic and a bit funny, and, uh-huh. you know, the front man of the band. Like, he has that. I think what you can tell... The thing is with Slade, they're, they're a likeable bunch of lads, I think. Um, mm-hmm. or certainly Noddy Holder is. But uh, in the film, they play the the band Flame, not the band Slade. And at the beginning, it's two separate bands. Uh, Uh One band has a different singer, not Noddy Holder, a man called Jack Daniels. (laughs) Great, fantastic, Uh, absolutely brilliant. And he's really uh, funny. He is, he is. He's doing Elvis tunes and shit, isn't he? But uh, he's played by Alan Lake, yeah. who, if you want to link it, the previous podcast yeah. is married to Diana Dawes. Yes, Or indeed. was at this point. Yeah. Uh-huh. He was married to her until a, she died. Of, that's right, yes. Um, he had a tragic end after that, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Shot himself and killed himself. Yeah. Uh, and he, he was nearly not in this film at all because he, on the first day of shooting, he had a liquid lunch and got sacked <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> until Diana Dawes sort of got his job back for him yeah, or whatever. Said she'd keep him on the straight and narrow, didn't she? So yeah. he's like in it at first, so he's the singer in this band and they're, ever, they're never going to make it with him as a singer. That's no, the thing, they, isn't it? They're never going to make they, it with him as a singer because it's like, it's almost yeah. cabaret. Like, yeah, it's like crudent. wedding. Uh-huh. Um, it's like a wedding thing, isn't it, at the start, where they're, yeah. they're sort of singing out a wedding or whatever, and somebody gets into a fight. And then they end up on the bill with a band called The Undertakers, who <laughs> probably the greatest band I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Can you remember a couple of weeks ago, I was telling you about that, that horror film I was watching, with, and the music was provided by UB40. Yeah. Well, they look very much like the people in that. Okay. So it was very... It's very sort of similar to that. But yeah, Noddy is in a coffin singing yeah. for The Undertakers, isn't he? Yeah, so it's this over-the-top <laughs> kind of like glam rock, kind of spooky. Um, yeah. And he starts his set in a coffin and breaks out uh-huh. of it. Um, but good old Jack Daniels, because there's a bit of rivalry between these two bands, has nailed it shut when he got in it, so he couldn't get out. Yes. So the set's was- ruined. They were just about to do the Monster Mash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been lovely if they had done the Monster uh, Mash. So the set's yeah. ruined. And uh, uh, inspired is. by... So a lot of this stuff, apparently, um, there was they wrote the film, or the writers wrote the film, and Slade were like, you know what, this isn't really what it's like. 
So they asked the writers to go out on tour with them. So they did a six week uh -huh. tour of America. And a lot of the stuff that made it into the film is what those writers saw on the tour and also from some stories that Slade told them while they were touring. So that yeah. hit is actually um, from something that really happened to Screaming Lord Such when they were on yes. tour with them in, uh, in the 60s. Uh -huh. um, and, <laughs> and that band is essentially like a Screaming Lord Such ripoff, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Because uh -huh. it's an interesting sort of history with Slade. I mean, you, they didn't really, they, they got signed up pretty early in the 60s and stuff like that, but didn't have a hit until like the early 70s, mm -hmm. did they? So there's a lot of sort of failures and stuff like that there, which they must have been out on the road and working man's clubs yep. and stuff like that as a working band for quite a while, really, yep. if their the records weren't selling. So, I mean, obviously they put all that kind of stuff in as well, haven't they? Yeah, uh, I, like, like I say, I just think it's a brave thing for them to do. Me, really brave. Well, you uh, would, it, sorry, mate. I was just saying. Also, what it does is it paints being in the music business as shit, and all the management uh -huh. and agents as uh, thieves and chances and and leeches that, uh -huh. that hang on to bands like and prey on them. If they do well, they'll take mm -hmm. that cut of money. If they don't do well. They're horrible to them and drop them. And then them, when right? they do well, people will start squabbling over them and there'll be all mm -hmm. these kind of media and press machinations um, to try and get them covered and stuff like that. And they kind of uncover it in this and um, and show it for what it is, which, you know what, maybe played a part in them not being that successful afterwards as well. Well, they definitely did, because if, like I've said at the start, if you're a 17-year-old girl and you love Slade... Because, I mean, it's not like it is now. Do you know what I mean? It's all, like, shitty boy bands and stuff mm. like that. You know, in the 70s, it was, like, men with big, massive mutton chops and screaming. <laughs> I mean, how much better is that? It's much yeah. better. But if you're a 17-year-old kid and you, you you know that your favourite band are in a, this film and you, you get this, which is a gritty sort of, <laughs> yeah. you know, examination of, of what it's like to be... A, you know, a band in the, the sort of record industry in the 70s, you, you're just not going to get it, yeah. are you? I mean, we're talking about like Hard Day's Night, but this film's more influenced by Let It Be, probably. Yeah, probably, I. <laughs> like this probably. great grainy kind of footage of a band bickering and breaking uh -huh. up, despite mm -hmm. only just making it famous, uh, thinking what has more of that feel about it. But um, yeah, I think it's good. But also we've talked about Alan Lake. He's good in it. The guy yeah. who signs them to the record label, the lovely housewife's favourite, Tom Conti. <laughs> Mr. Tom Conti, yes. He hasn't moved to Greece by this time, has he? No, he's still uh, a, a fixtures and fittings of, of good old swing in London. And uh, <laughs> he's he's brilliant in it. He plays this he's, kind of swag. He, he plays Simon Cowell. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what he is, isn't he? Yeah. He's pretty much Simon Cowell, who's only in it for the money and he's just willing to exploit flame for everything he can get for them. And as soon as any problem arises, he's ready to dump them, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's he lets somebody hurt. get their toes cut off before he comes to that. Uh, <laughs> With a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I mean, and that's, that's Alan Lake, isn't it? It's Jack Daniels who gets his, his toes. Yeah. So there's, other than Tom Cundy and the band and Alan Lake, there's one other guy in it, Johnny Shannon, who's worth a mention, I think. He yeah. plays the first manager 
Ronarding. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> superb Cockney wide boy manager. He's absolutely I, I, could, I just thought Bob Hoskins every time I saw Bob yeah, Hoskins. Oh my greed. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, if if, if they, they had to be making snatch at the time, he would have been in it, wouldn't he? He's superb, and if and if you look at what he's been in as well, mm-hmm. it's all that kind of stuff. Like it's all these British gangster yeah. films and TV series and stuff like that. He he's an agent who who sign up the band sort of. Yeah. He, he, he's working, and his offices are above a bingo hall, yeah. aren't they? <laughs> yeah. And he, he's he's like the stereotypical sort of London gangster type, isn't he? Yeah. Like he's got fruit tingle. machines. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to have fruit machines. <laughs> so he's got the fruit machines, and he signs them up to this sort of contract that they can't get out of. He, he basically owns them, doesn't he? He's got a lady he, making uh making us a cup of tea, love. <laughs> Bring in the digestives, <laughs> but yeah, I mean he's he's a dick and he doesn't think much of the band anyway, does he? Nobody does actually, mm-hmm. or none of the brass think yeah. of the band. Tom Conti doesn't either. He doesn't think anything. Not really, of but they become popular, so he's like brilliant. Yeah, until he just it's too much, you know, trouble for him or whatever. But there's there's a great bit with a, a fight where he has a fight with the uh, Noddy Holder and he pulls Noddy's hair. Not he should have yeah, knocked them yeah he, he pulls his head. Uh, pulls it, his head. It's a funny, like, uh, shocking bit. I think it's only a split second. But then you yeah. think, I've never seen anybody pull a man's hair like that before. Uh, that was all I thought. He rags them about, doesn't he? It's he like a girl it. fight almost. Yeah, uh-huh. so it's, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a, a strange moment, I think. So the film basically charged these bands. Eventually, they them two come together. Those two bands, they, they're on this bill. They have a fight, and then Noddy goes and joins the other lads. Alan Lake, uh, Jack Daniels ends up just working for that agent, uh, Ron Arden, um, uh-huh. and uh, that's basically how the contract that he's got him stitched up to ends up yeah. going missing because he gets paid off to to steal it, and that's how he yeah, loses he his it, toes in the end. Um, so he yeah, does... so the flame become big. Mm-hmm. They end up not really liking all this, like the ins and outs of the music business. They're bickering about the direction of the band and what they should do, and mm-hmm. end up splitting up. That's essentially the film. It is essentially the film. <laughs> I mean, there, there, there's there's some yeah good bits I like there to mention. Mm-hmm. Um, one, of, one of them being um, a part on uh, a pirate radio station yeah. that's out in the... in the, I mean, I don't know what those buildings are. I wrote down it's a rig. It's a real thing. But I don't think it's a rig. It's a real it's a thing. Real thing. Uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, in the UK in the late 60s, early some, 70s. Something to the war or something. Yeah, so the pirate radio stations operated off the coast of, of England where the licences were fine, meant that they mm-hmm. were part of... BBC and all of these like licenses and things that they had to do. So that's why they're called pirate radio. Um, mm-hmm. And they were based on like boats and oil rigs and stuff like that. Yeah. And this I've one, seen the boat that rocked and stuff like yeah, that. That's Radio yeah. Caroline, I think. And this one mm-hmm. where this is, is based on these old like defense towers in the sea mm-hmm. off the coast of uh, London or whatever. And um, the real things. And they, they, they were real defense towers that were left unused and also were yeah. used for a pirate radio station. Um, All right, as that's well. So they base a bit here, and so yeah, so they basically get on this boat to go out and go and do this interview with uh, what's the name of the DJ? 
Uh, Tommy Vance, isn't it? I don't know who he's playing. It is sure Tommy Vance. But it's Tommy Vance. It, it doesn't actually look like him because he's got a massive handlebar moustache. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise it was him, but uh-huh. I kind of thought it must be a DJ because of, it's a, yeah. a total DJ voice and it makes perfect sense that it is him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so they're out doing the play their new single. They're going to have an interview. Uh, but what happens? <laughs> well, craziness happens. Absolute craziness. They're, they're having an interview with Tommy Vance. And Don, who I think is absolutely amazing, and yeah. we'll probably talk about Don in a little bit and how he, he didn't know what his lines were and stuff like yeah. that. But uh, he just walks out for no reason while they're having an interview, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. He just gets up and goes. He's really like he's gone for a character. wonder around this thing. He's really he is. character in this film. Like he just he is. I mean, he's funny. I think he's funny. Yeah, yeah, I think he's really funny. But all of a sudden, this helicopter turns up and starts shooting. <laughs> well, I have an interview and they're all diving all over they're the place. Like, oh, we're being shot at. Get down, get down. Uh-huh. And they're like live on air, and the manager's going, play the single. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it's just it, the fact that they got shot at seems uh-huh. to be just accepted. It does, but I, it, I think it's a it's a it's a stunt, isn't it? It's a I think it's a stunt. Yeah, I think it's a stunt from Tom Conti. Definitely, uh, but because when it's on the news later on, they're like clinking glasses, going, "You just sold yeah. twenty thousand more records, boys." That, that's right, eh? <laughs> but it just shows how much tongue can't. It does. He just doesn't care about them. I mean, they could have easily been shot, couldn't they? But, he doesn't care. But there's if nobody. Anything, it's on the news. Nobody's yeah. trying to work out who it was <laughs> or why it happened. Know, yeah. They're just like, yeah, uh-huh. so. This radio station got shot at. The band were in there. Lucky that they didn't get shot. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, it's I off the coast of England. Who's going to be shooting at them? Do you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, even if, if one of them had been shot, like I say, it just shows Tom Conti doesn't care because if one of them had been shot, that would have been even bigger news, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 fair enough. Yeah. So I think that's that's the, the point of that, just to show that he does not care about Yeah. I mean, he, Tom Conti's character is perceived as this kind of family man, isn't he? Who looks after his family and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But he's like he's pretty he's ruthless. Yeah. I mean, you, you get the impression that he's working for this massive company. Again, probably his dad runs or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't care. He's just there to make a book, any. Yeah, yeah. And it's like some old traditional company, and they're like, Oh, you're taking a risk sign and this, this, you know, yeah. it doesn't work out, your neck's on the line. Like don't mm-hmm. embarrass us kind of thing. It's a real stiff old company and they're in these big posh houses and they're all like lords and ladies and then these four louts turn up with their girlfriends and they'd make a scene um, mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think that's the, that scene where they're in the house afterwards having yeah. champagne and stuff is one of the like highlights of the film for me. I think. It is, especially Noddy Holder's line, I'm not the vocalist, I'm the singer. Yeah. <laughs> Which made us laugh. Don Powell um, was in a a car accident, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Was it 1973 or 1972? Mm-hmm. A bad one. Yeah. Um, he was in like a, a coma for, for weeks and weeks and weeks, wasn't he? And yeah. they thought he might die. His girlfriend, or his fiance at the time, um, who was called um, Angela, she actually did die. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It left him with like memory problems and stuff like that. So he, he, he couldn't learn his lines. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he couldn't sort of remember his lines. So he would read them just before he would go on type thing. I think I think all of Slade in this is actors. I think they're all, I think they're quite good. Yeah, I think they're all right, but just like like Jim Lee doesn't have a lot to do in it. I don't think he doesn't, does he? He doesn't really. Apart from one bit 
where they're in um, with Naughty Holders Pigeons. Yeah. And it's a very natural sort of conversation, yeah, yeah, just like two mates talking. So I, I, I'll give him props for that, I think. Yeah, and apparently I Dave Hill it's... just didn't bother learning science because he's proper <laughs> rock and roll, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. He only learned his own. <laughs> I didn't even know what the fuck Didn't know what it was about. <laughs> didn't know anybody else was saying. So he got a surprise when he went to see the premiere. <laughs> but and, and Noddy Holder's voice as well is just unbelievable, isn't it? Absolutely very, unbelievable. very unusual voice, like he's super powerful. He's like he, he, you know, he's kind of screaming when he sings, but it doesn't sound like he's screaming because he voice yeah. can, can do it. It's not forced, mm. but he's mm. got this kind of raw mm-hmm. screaming kind of power to it. And when he sings the ballads, I think it's it's quite tender because it's got this kind of quaver in it. Like as he's as he sings a bit more softer, yeah. his voice quavers a bit. So it, uh-huh. again, it doesn't really sound like anything else, even when he's doing like the softer songs. Uh, I think he's he's great, and many people have tried to do it and copied it. And it's just weird because Slade have got this reputation of being a bit shit and a bit naff. And actually, <laughs> yeah, which I don't they're get. Good. I don't guess. Of course, they're really <laughs> fucking good. I mean, they've sold more singles in the 70s than anybody else. I mean, I'm sure, you know, if somebody or Slade, the band, reads something like that and sort of the music press or whatever, they'll just say, fuck off. Yeah, it's a good (laughs) film and it's a good snapshot of a band and it's a good good example of a band kind of doing something different, like you say, a bit of a brave move. It Uh didn't really pay off for them because I'm sure they would prefer Mm -hmm. to continue selling records I got in the number one and two in stadiums instead of it just being Mark Kermode's favourite musical, but, you know. <laughs> um, I think so, but I, 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 I sort of admire them for, for doing it, because yeah, it is a really good film. It's it's really good. I really enjoy watching it a day. The only thing that I would have liked a little bit more in, I guess, is towards the end of the film, because there's t- kind of like time skips in the film, isn't there? Yeah. It it's a meteoric too, rise or whatever. It, that's, but, I think it goes too quickly, like you... Well, I, I think it does. I think that, that the start is okay. It's towards the end where I had a little tiny problem with it. Whereas I want to see more sort of fractious things happening in the band, you know, like yeah. to make it a little bit more. I kind of thought I missed a bit. Way. But yeah, I, I definitely advise you to watch it, like uh, anybody listening, because it was great. If you love music, give it, give it a watch. It's well Absolutely. worth it. Yeah, for sure. Would you like a quiz? I would indeed. What's it about? Well, I have got... We're making a return to... Terry, Terry Venables, You Are the Manager. Riddler cards. So, Terry Venables, Riddler cards. Terry Venables, Riddler cards, yes. So, I'm going to ask you some random questions from this and see what you think. Five questions. Nice. One. Who does Roy of the Rovers play for? Is it wit when no? Oh, it's in my head. Can you remember that? It's got to be Rovers. It's got to be a. Uh, it's or- orange and yellow strips, isn't it? Red and yellow. Is that right? Red and yellow. Red and yellow. Yeah. Is it? Oh, always looks orangey. I can't remember, mate. Mel Chester Rovers. That's it, man. I was going to say Winchester Rovers. Because you've got, got no Carl idea. Winchester on your mind. What sort of lady would have attracted Christa Berg in 1986? Well, I would imagine Christa Berg would be attracted by a lady in red. Yeah, that is the correct 
answer. Um, name one player Norwich City received one million pounds for. What in the history? <laughs> when, when was this game quiz from? 1991, I think. 92, maybe. <laughs> 1991. So do I have to revert back to me 1991 brain? Uh-huh. If you say and erase. One, there's three players on here. Is there? Yeah. Um, I would suggest... <laughs> I, ne- I nearly said Brian Gunn there, well, just for a laugh. Should I give you... No, I'm not going to say it. I'll no, no I hint. don't need any hint. Um, Huckabee played for Norwich, didn't he? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not reverting back to 1991. Fuck it out. Gary Sutton? Not on the Not on the card. Rule Fox? Not on the card since not 1991. I'll give you a clue. Go on. One then. of them, dead. One of them lives in a truck. One of them, don't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you call clues. Yeah. One of, I'm interested in the person who lives in a truck. Uh huh. This guy does. Hey, oh, fashion you. Yeah, he's the dead one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. Kevin, who lives in a truck? Kevin Reeves is the one. I don't know who he is. Kevin Reeves and Andy, brother. Andy Townsend lives in a truck. Have Iran ever appeared in the World Cup finals? Yes. Oh, yeah. 1998. Well, that fellow ran. The Iran guy scored a great goal, didn't he? He drove from the, the whole team. No, uh, that was Saudi Arabia. No, it wasn't him. That was Saudi Arabia. Yeah, but I'm sure an Iranian player did the same thing. Ali Dyer is the number one striker for Iran, isn't he? Anyway, is he? the answer is still yes in 1978. Where was yes. Chris Rea in 1990? Just last year. <laughs> Where was he? Yeah. Was he was he on the road to hell? Yes, he was. Was he driving home for Christmas? Well, or he could have been on the Was beach. he with Josephine? <laughs> was he on the beach? <laughs> He was on the road to hell. You are right for. He was time. all those things. He was all of those things and more. Well, stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> I've just looked four different cards, and there's mm-hmm. been three questions about the hustler. <laughs> I've never. I've, well, I've never seen the hustler. So don't ask that. I won't. Where did Chris Good. Waddle play before and after Spurs? That's a football question. That is a football question. Well, before Spurs, he played for Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Didn't after. He played for Marseille. Correct. Last question. Let's make it a good one. Eh? Mm. What would the BGs have sunk to Liverpool if they'd won the double in 1990? <laughs> if they'd won the double. <laughs> <But> the... <laughs> what? It's a random... I don't get. I don't. What you remember the one that you asked about bra sizes before? <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> you win again? Yes. What a ridiculous question that is. <laughs> <laughs> that is a ridiculous question. And Terry Venables wants to get that game sorted out, doesn't he? I think he's written most of the questions. <laughs> he's written most of the questions from a sunbed. In Spain, yeah. whilst he's turning himself. He's been the answer to three of them that have gone past so far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he's put his own, he's put his own info yeah. in, has he? 
Yeah, one of them was. Oh, go on, read also, them, read one of what, them. I'll read one of them. What uh, TV series was co-written by Terry Venables? <laughs> <laughs> what? He, wrote, he co-wrote a TV series? Called Hazel, so I think we should dig that out for a future episode. About <laughs> yes. A policeman. Right. I assume he's called Hazel. Or he's <laughs> just got hazel eyes. Uh, no, or does he just wife. carry a hazel nut around with his him? His wife's called Hazel. <laughs> what, it's about he's a police I don't wife? know what it's about, man. <laughs> might be another question, that. Anyway, thanks for playing the quiz of Terry Venerables. You <laughs> should be a manager. Good, But now we've got some music, haven't we? And it's music, well, wherever you've got this from, I'm very grateful to you because it's fantastic. I absolutely love it. It sounds no. a bit like Tom Waits in a circus. Yes, that's exactly what it sounds like. And it's <laughs> and great, isn't it? All the better for it. It's superb. Absolutely yeah. love it. So we'll get that playing. Thank you for sourcing this one, Brett. And thanks um, <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. Go and watch Slade and Flame. Go and listen to Slade after Wiley Bull Walker and When the Angels Call Your Time.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.